0: I'll lay you sleep. I'll put you six feet deep. I'll put you six feet deep. I will put you 6 deep i will put you 6 feet deep. I think that's a threat. Alex Pearson with you. And yeah, that's a piece of video getting a lot of attention. A lot of attention. You know, where a guy is uttering death threats in a mall, the Eaton Center, surrounded by police. It was originally thought he said it to police, but no, um, said it to some customer, and police said, well, nothing, (laughs) nothing. I think a lot of people are just wondering, like, how long does this continue to go on? How long do we let this go on? Because there's another one planned this weekend, and then what, right? You shut down all the malls again? (laughs) The former chief, Mark Saunders, and then, of course, we had John Reed on um, of the Police Association, on Monday, and I think they were pretty kind of saying the same thing. And the main message I took away was that the job of police in an enclosed protest situation is, you know, to de-escalate, you know, keep the peace. Our Minister of Justice is out there on Twitter saying, well, our laws are designed to keep public spaces safe. And and okay, we've got the laws in the books. We have police officers who are witnessing a lot of bad behavior right now. And nothing's happening. And so a lot of people are saying, like, what what is going on in this country? Are we law of rule or not? And that one video of the guy yelling about putting someone six feet under, that's now been viewed three million times. So it's gone viral, along with a whole bunch more of these things, because they're all viral, and it's not a great message to send that you can just do whatever whatever you want, do whatever you want in Canada. Andy Brook is a retired RCMP officer, and certainly... Um, someone who I've been watching on Twitter, and good to have you, Andy, but you don't you don't sound very happy with the the state of rule of law in this country these days.
1: Good morning, Alex. That comes through does it?
0: Yeah, a little bit, but I don't think you're alone. I, I get the distinct impression from a lot of officers outside, you know, on the other side of, of their career now, looking at this and, and, and thinking, uh, this is not what I remember in policing. So, what are your concerns when you look at a tape like that, and the inaction or reaction to it?
1: When I first saw the tape, it wasn't clear to me that the male protester, whether he was directing the threat, which I want to inject here, was clear. It was good audio and it was good video. So there's no denying what was said. It appeared at first that he was directing it to the police officer. But as he watched it, you then realize that possibly there is somebody else. And I believe a statement issued by the Mm -hmm. Toronto Police Association clarified that. But there is a part after he says, I'll put you six feet deep in the opening moments of that tape where he goes to the right of the camera and the camera microphone picks him up saying, I just told the cop I'll put him six feet deep. And at that moment, I had a sense that there was a a tone of bravado about it that he had become emboldened. And at that moment, he then goes back and it carries on.
0: Right. And, and I will say, um, if you actually watch the raw of this, so it was six and a half minutes long. Um, you know, he says it a number of times. And at one point you see the police officer kind of looking at him like, are you saying that to me? What the hell? And at that point I'm thinking, Andy, why aren't you saying anything? I, I get that police would not want to, you know, escalate things but you're in a mall, it's private property, you've already shut down a bunch of stores, and now you're arguing with customers. At what point do we have laws in this country? Because they now know, the protesters, they can go wherever they want, and as long as you know police can keep the peace, then nothing's going to happen otherwise. So they can just do this forever.
1: Where's the line? Say that Where's again? Where's the line? What line yeah. needs to be crossed before action is taken? You know, we have heard in the last day or so, statements of de-escalation, that we're here to keep the peace, but there comes a point when you must act. When failing to act, you actually, by seeking what you think might be the safest route, actually lead to something that creates a possibility for more hurt. In this particular instance, we're very fortunate. The police were very fortunate in that some of the people with this mail actually had a restraining influence on them. That may not be the case next time. And my first thought as a retired police officer was that when I saw this would have been, and and I'll, if you, if you'll allow me, I've looked at the whole video, I've looked at it a number of times. So based on what I see in the video, obviously, but I see no reason why he could not have been arrested and one other male that was with him and done it in a professional way, in a controlled way, I see no cause for fearfulness or timidity.
0: Yeah, I think they could have walked him probably back behind one of the police lines that they had uh, away from people, but they didn't. That's their choice. But how much of this then, Andy, um, do officers then look at this as part of just 15 years of defund police? And here, here you go. They don't. You're not defunding them, but you're, you're not seeing them do their job. Maybe they're just worried about public opinion.
1: There's a, there's a huge context here. We've just come out of the COVID pandemic where three years ago, uh, yesterday, you know, a, a youth was arrested skating on a pond in Calgary. I mean, images like that are still in my mind mm-hmm. where the police lost a lot of trust with the public. And there, it's going to be a process to rebuild it.
0: Well, you had it an old man happen. at the uh, trucking convoy in his pajamas. Yes, the guy couldn't so. have been, I think he was like 90 years old. He got arrested.
1: <laughs> I mean... That, that was another one that infuriated me to watch. Yeah. And I don't understand what's happened to policing But I will say the Toronto police officer that appears at the beginning of this video, he does a quick glance to his side as if he's looking for direction or he's looking to another officer. I got the impression that he probably for a moment realized what he wanted to do or thought needed to be done. But as a result of that glance, thought otherwise.
0: Well, we seem to... um be accepting and, and protesters have all sorts of tricks of the trade. They, they will plant themselves yeah. where they know that they can do kind of whatever they want, whether it's in a mall or somewhere where it's, you know, big crowds that that's what they will do. It's almost like, um, a flash mob. So, you know, what, what, what is this the new norm? Because if we're a law and rule country, I mean, we're not seeing a lot of leadership, not from the premier, not from the mayor, not from the prime minister. We've just had this terror threat, uh, thwarted. We've had attacks in the past. Um, where do you see this going? Because I, I, I don't know how you undo all this.
1: I think we've got to I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I just don't believe I'm wrong. That if this type of de-escalation continues, we've now the de-escalation has by creeping momentum got to the point where you can now make direct threats in the presence of a police officer and nothing happens. Right. That's the message that's been sent to millions of people who have seen that video. So that's the point where we find ourselves at now. I think what the police have to do, and you you had it in your question. I think it's very important. I want to break off away from you know, we're looking for the politicians to make the decisions here. The role of the politicians should have no effect on the independence of the police and how they conduct themselves operationally. I realize that's not the situation given what's come out of the Emergencies Act and the convoy and public perception, but we the police RCMP included have to reassert their operational independence. Our oath of office, the one I swore, contained the phrase "without fear, favor, or, or affection, ever toward any person." It doesn't matter if this protester is pro-Palestinian or not pro-Palestinian. The way we deal with him should be no different than we would treat anybody, and he should be dealt with it's the same way, with the exact same absolute impartial service to the law as we would somebody else.
0: Is this sustainable as is? Because no. I, don't, I don't think this is going away.
1: No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. I think, and I, and I hope I'm wrong again, but I'm, I am concerned, fearful, that there will be an episode in the future. It's, it's just, there's this momentum that's going forward, and this, you can tell from the protester that he detects yeah. the spirit of timidity. And what you said earlier, introducing uh, my segment, that Canada is a country of the rule of law, well, is it something that's ingrained it's part of our foundations or is it just simply a veneer? Because at the moment, these particular protesters and agitators are seeking to poke holes in that veneer, and they can now see that it appears to be a veneer.
0: Well, uh, next time someone screams at um, Santa Claus and there's a toddler on the lap, it may not end as well, because uh, I think most people are taken off guard, but...
1: If you're a parent there, you know, now you're dealing with situations you can't predict.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll have to put uh, police outside of Santa, the mall Santa. Andy, I got to get going, but I do appreciate you jumping on with us.
1: Thank you very much. Merry Christmas,
0: Alex. You as well. Andy Brooke, retired RCMP officer. I get a lot of notes from former cops, not very happy with what they're seeing because they feel it's sending the wrong message.